0: Breakfast on the terrace, again, somewhere around noon. Even Carlo was getting a late start, and damned if she wasn't sitting there with my laptop again. She barely looked up, just acknowledged me with a nod and slid her plate with what remained of her brunch across the table to me. I sopped up the three remaining bites of pancake, mostly to prove a point, then excused myself to deposit it back into the toilet. the Dex Morneau series by Jenny Decker.
1: Narrated by Greg Kreitz and Jenny Decker. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Only later, in those quiet moments before sleep, would Bellamy marvel at how the metamorphosis never killed him. How the pain dragged him through an evolutionary transformation that was surely meant to take place over a longer period of time, but forced by nature to emerge in seconds. Claws and teeth biting through tender skin and gums. Bones resizing and tendons constricting. A sudden barrage of earthly sense jolting him with the force so consuming it melted into liquid rage that coursed through his veins. The coppery tang of blood and shame the gravitational pull of the moon's energy, everything working in tandem to produce a visceral and emotional tsunami of wrath that left no room for rational thought, the fusion of white-hot hate roiling into pure, orgasmic bliss. Abruptly, all human thought was gone. With one swipe of a heavy paw, the wolf opened the chest of a female prostitute, shredding her flesh through the fabric of her shirt, Her choked whimper was masked by the moist, guttural sounds of the wolf nosing hungrily around inside the chest cavity, ripping the heart out and tossing its head back to swallow the organ whole, the beating mass pulsing its way down the wolf's throat. After completely coring out the woman's torso, the animal latched onto the tender flesh of the inner thigh, rending it from the bone in huge chunks, jerking its head from side to side. The wolf gnawed on blood soaked flesh in a fury of unrelenting hunger.
0: Carla read that last part out loud. The gory bit about the chest being cored open and her innards being pulled out. I knew the moment she'd read it that she'd made the connection. She scrolled back in the manuscript looking for something, and when she found it, she read it aloud.
1: I felt like she had slit my chest from neck to abdomen pulled my flesh apart, shoved her hands inside, yanked out handfuls of raw meat, and examined me against my will. I knew that she would continue to go at it with a vengeance that would not be satisfied until she cored me out completely, set all the mangled parts of my viscera aside, studied them, and then decided which parts should go back in and which were too toxic to stay. Only a scar would remain to remind me where she had been I'd have to look at it every day and wonder why I had let her in at all
0: I didn't bother hiding the bottles anymore because we were no longer ignoring the spaces between the sentences. she knew I was an alcoholic with zero chance of recovery I knew being an alcoholic was as much of who I am as my eye color or shoe size I wasn't going to change and Carla had finally become too exhausted to keep trying to make that happen. I didn't have to make jokes about my drinking to make her feel less concerned about me doing it, and she no longer had to pretend any possibility of change in this dynamic existed. Alcohol was always coming for me. The idea that she thought she could stand between me and the monster said nothing about me and everything about her.
1: Do you regret me, Morneau? Like, Regret ever meeting me?
0: I don't think regret is useful, Carla. I think if you find ways to snatch sleep and joy and hope and the occasional hot meal out of life's nooks and crannies, you're ahead of the game, no matter the outcome. Johann Wolfgang Van Gogh said, Light and darkness, brightness and obscurity. Or if a more general expression is preferred, light and its absence are necessary to the production of color. Color itself is a degree of darkness. He parted ways from Isaac Newton's views on color, arguing that color wasn't necessarily something that could be measured scientifically, but something to be experienced, which made it subjective to each viewer. I don't need to do any experiments with light or read any books to know that we experience color. We process color like we process any other sensory perception. Color tells a story of its own. As Carla sat beneath the afternoon sun, her hair a ball of fire, it provided the frame inside which everything else I could see told her story. Deep blue bled into crimson and the ever-present flickering gold specks danced toward, then away from, the tidal wave of heat swirling and bumping and cartwheeling into one another, bursting into aqua fissures that squirmed like images beneath the lens of a microscope.
1: It was just around 6.30, that gloaming hour in fall, where the moon peaks out early while the sky, still busy transforming daylight into night, shades of pink and crimson, painting the horizon in soft brushstrokes. A most dangerous time for a man trying to keep his monster at bay. Beneath the unrelenting judgment of the full moon, anyone wandering into his path was doing so at their own risk, albeit unknowingly. Bellamy hurried across the backyard toward the metal storage unit, that was situated in the backyard of the old, two-story wooden home that served as a daycare. He knew canned goods were stored there because, while out on a walk one day, he noticed one of the daycare workers using a dolly to wheel boxes of supplies out the back door of the old house and down the path to the storage shed. But just to be sure, he had come to check one night and peeked through the small window, but the shed was locked at night then open again each morning when the staff dragged the yard toys out in preparation for outside playtime, which occurred around noon. After a few more recon missions, Bellamy knew the schedule, so he knew that the owner wouldn't come back out to lock it until around 6.45 p.m. When he pulled the door open, he was instantly assaulted by the tantalizing smell of a cat in the process of giving birth. Five kittens snuggled in wet balls up against their mother as a fourth was in the process of being disgorged. He felt it happening and had tried to resist, but it was no use. Before he had even fully transformed, Bellamy had grabbed a newborn kitten in each hand and bitten off both heads. He dropped their bodies onto the floor at his feet and shuddered as the warm blood ran down his neck. When the little boy wandered up to the storage shed a few minutes later, with an arm full of pool noodles, he found the wolf with a cat's lower body hanging from its bloody mouth, sitting amid the tattered ruins of Bellamy's clothing.